Welcome, everybody, to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. You can connect with us on social media at... Longhorn Pod on Twitter, the Longhorn Republic on Facebook and Instagram, or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who will not let his support waiver for USA basketball. Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I'm I'm good. Uh, I'm I'm I was better uh, when I thought. There's a famous story of the dream team losing to some Grant Hill aged college players and just really upsetting Michael, Magic, Larry, etc. David Robinson, he doesn't get enough credit for being on that team. Uh, and and they went out and play, played them again and beat them by 40. And so when Nigeria, who um, had recently lost by 40 to the United States and then beat them, I thought, okay, this poor Australia team is about to get the wrath of these really uh, elite NBA players and scorers, and they're going to hang... 165 on them and just put the boots down so when they lost the second game tonight we're recording this on monday um got a little scared but i'm not i'm not scared we we, they are going to be fine usa usa eagle scream patriot patriotic uh jingle plays now they're going to be fine kevin durant's going to lead them they're going to be fine it's an exhibition. It's a squad of 10 guys hastily thrown together by people who aren't still like of people who still aren't in the playoffs. I'm like, it's weird. It's fine. It is what it is again. And I mean, yeah, like Giannis would be playing for Greece. So like maybe it's good that he's not there, but like Chris Paul, he might be on the team. He'd probably be a guy who'd be there. Like there, there are options, uh, but we're not here to talk about international basketball. We're here to talk about the nation's sport which is football, let's be honest, and the University of Texas. So we'll do some previews. We're in our second week of position previews. We'll preview the running back spot, what are the expectations, who's coming in, who's leaving, all that good stuff. We will down the 40, some uh, MLB draft happened. We had some preseason awards handed out, some more All-Americans, and obviously we'll close the show out with some bang the drum. So there are some questions on the offense. Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the offensive line? Who are going to be your wide receiver groups? But there's one question that we have an answer to offensively, Kyle, and that's at the running back spot. So Texas has not one but two guys who would likely start at several schools. Bijan, for sure, would start at most schools not named probably Alabama and Oklahoma. And Roshan would probably start at, I don't know, we'll call it 60% of the schools in the country We'll go ahead and put that out there. But uh, what we've really got to look at, Kyle, is what are what are the fair expectations for this group? Because Bijan started the uh, end of the season off hot, uh, two really two really huge games at the end of the year. Roshan had a hot one for himself again at the end of the regular season. Texas added a couple of pieces in the offseason. But like, what are what's a fair set of expectations for Bijan and Roshan? First of all, your Bijan slander that he would not start at OU or or Alabama automatically is just outlandish. Um, but uh, I mean, I think a fair expectation this year for the running back room a fair expectation to start at the top this year for Bijan is to uh win up by the way I said maybe 
is to win a Heisman, win the Doak Walker, lead Texas to an undefeated season in a national championship. I think that's fair, averaging about seven and a half, eight yards a carry while he does it. That seems easy to me right off the bat. No, I, I'm obviously kidding, right? Bijan Robinson has the talent to be asking the question. This is his first year. Is You know he's going to get the ball. Injuries, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. That, that man should get the ball a lot, and he should get it in key moments, and he should do a lot of good things with it. He has the talent to slot in and say, where does he rank among Cedric Benson, Ricky Williams, and, and Earl Campbell as the greatest, uh, the, the Mount Rushmore, if you will, of UT running backs? And again, that's no shade at your Chris Gilberts and, and, and Dante Foreman and Jamal Charles and, and – uh, the, the late Jim Bertelson and others, um, you know, uh, just Bijan has that talent. So that said, right, we're going to be talking a little bit about how good can they be this year. Um, I think this, again, starting at the top, the, the strength of Bijan Robinson is we, we haven't seen a ton, but what we've seen is that he got better as he got the ball more, right? He, he didn't get worse. He didn't slow down. He didn't get it a ton, but in the later weeks of the season, I mean, it just felt like, he was hitting his stride. He was breaking out before our eyes. Uh, I think Pro Football Focus from Week Ten on had them as one of their like top four uh, graded rushers in the country. Uh, again, from Week Ten to the end of the season, um, so he just hit his stride. And so that's where this expectation comes. Is we started to see it, and you you take that and you analyze it, you extrapolate it, and you think, what can he do? Seven hundred yards is is a fair season for folks, but people think instantly, all right, double that. He's going to have fourteen hundred yards. Hope so. Um, you know, double is, is, is a good, good metric, good baseline to, to think he can get there. Double his touches, double his yards, double his touchdowns, all that. Keep the yards per carry at that pristine all-time record. We'll see. But he had games where he just looked, I mean, as good as those guys I mentioned earlier, like as a freshman. That's the thing that's scary. As a freshman, he looks so much better than opposing defenses, made them look silly. And you look at his stats, the one thing I wanted to make sure we didn't forget to say in this conversation, his 700 yards probably would have another 120, 150 yards of uh, like called back or questionable step out of bounds calls or things that, you know, he, he would just, when you only get 700 yards, he that's adding, you know, 10 or, or 15% of your yardage right on top that probably shouldn't have been called back. But he just, he, he just, I mean, Anytime he touched the ball, had home run threat written all over him, or at least big play spring 40-yard you know, potential written all over him. And that's exciting. I think he's going to get the ball a lot. I think we all know what he is. I think the question that we'll be asking ourselves is he's not going to touch the ball 300 times. The, that era of running back is is gone. If you, you ha- have a, a college player example who's doing that, I can tell you, you know, he's not going to have a real bright or long, at least, NFL career. You're going to you're going to burn him out, run him in the ground. That's just not how the game works anymore. So there are going to be guys who, who get the ball in the not just in the passing game, but in the running game as well, who aren't Bijan. So what does that breakdown look like? How does Sarkeesian kind of lay that out? Um, who steps up? Roshan obviously is the guy we've seen. He is the guy uh, who's touched the ball. He's the guy who stepped up for his team, became a fan favorite. But there's some other names in here. You know, uh, I don't expect to see a ton of them, but don't entirely discredit Big Danny Young, Gabe Watson, or, or you know, new additions. I, th- there are guys who will step up and, and, and see the field. Roshan's obviously going to see the field, right? And Sarkeesian has talked quite a bit about 
how much respect and kind of admiration he has for the way Roshan plays the game and carries himself. So that's something to like, he's going to get, get snaps. And if you look at like what Alabama did last year, like Najee Harris got about half of the carries. He got like 52 ish percent of the carries and Najee Harris was way better than the other running backs on the team. And so if you've got kind of a one, one, a situation, then expect to see that number dip a little bit. And that's okay. I think the, the, the question that I have for, for, Bijan, right? It's just like, what work did he do in the offseason to change his game to fit better into what Sarkeesian wants to do offensively, right? Because Bijan is really best like off tackles and outside like he can catch an edge find that find that outside butt cheek of, a, of an offensive lineman kind of set an edge break one tackle he's going to go through a defensive back one-on-one that's just what he does right that's not a great rpo concept mm. to run outside zone and so that's what sark is going to want to run is is a lot of rpos which is an inside zone game and that's not and i'm not doubting his ability to do so but that's just not what we've seen from him at the high school level and then in his in his collegiate snap so like i'm curious to see the work that he and Stan Drayton did in this offseason to adjust his game to fit that style because that's really going to um, set up the offense right if you have a legitimate run option on an RPO from the running back like making somebody pick your poison it's like they're likely probably at least early in the season going to crash down on Bijan so if he can be a legitimate threat in the inside well when those defenses start to relax after whoever the quarterback is dumps it over your head to a Jordan Whittington running away from a, a linebacker or like that's that allows you to have, be more multiple and so i think his development as a as an inside runner is going to really allow the offense to flourish and i think again you probably see a guy like a newcomer we mentioned keelan robinson who didn't play last year and, and played sparingly in 2019 for alabama but he's a guy who will likely see some play because he can be really multiple for the offense he's a guy who you can split out you can put him in motion you can have him in the backfield and then audible to five wides like he's that kind of guy so you'll probably see him get more snaps like you probably see you're not again you're not going to see these guys if you have five like four 450 to 500 offensive snaps in a, in a season right or uh, running snaps in a season right you're not going to see any of these guys get 300 of those right i would bet that you see like a 200 200 100 where you get like a you know that that situation where it's like a 40 40 20 uh split and so that that might be what you see and still if you get 40 percent of those carries then hopefully he can sniff a thousand yards and seeing Bijan at that level would be a successful season I am I am curious to see exactly how high that usage goes because I, I I think a thousand yards is the classic traditional had a good season barrier and I think he should get at least that um we talked about how much obviously set the UT record, how many yards per carry average. Let's not overlook the fact that Roshan averaged 5.3 or just about 5.23 uh, yards per carry last year and, and did a lot of his running uh, up the middle and <clears throat> breaking stuff out. Um, so a guy who just runs hard can be, uh, when you talk about multiple, can do all kinds of things. He, he's, you know, has grown pretty quickly and pretty well into the running back position and in, in the pass pro part of the aspect. He went from the guy who was the quarterback and had people protecting him to learning that. I think he's picked it up really well, getting another off season. Uh, you should see him really expand his tools as a running back further. And so I am excited to see that. I think those are the three guys you obviously mentioned. Uh, Keelan Robinson, Bijan Robinson, the, the, the two Robinsons and Roshan. Uh, again, if you're seeing a lot of Gabe Watson or Daniel Young, 
uh, something happened. We're looking at injuries. Probably, I don't think either of those guys. But again, or Texas is up four scores in the fourth quarter. I, I, it's it's too hard for me to believe that that is a thing that can actually happen. We get to play young guys or, or lower down the depth chart guys and let them get some shine. Uh, I just have forgotten what that felt like. Um, but but no, I mean, I, I think, look, you, you talked about the speed that, that Keelan Robinson's going to have and, and his ability to catch. I mean, Bichon had 10 catches for over 10 yards, including Yak, not air yards. Um, you know, last year, he, he he's a guy who can do that as well they like to get him the ball on his his last 47 carries of the season broke 21 tackles had 14 runs of greater than 10 yards which is stupid um you know i the thing that i'm i'm really curious about gerald um two questions a how big of an effect will b john robinson's new sponsorship deal with raising canes affect <laughs> his 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 running game because he has muscles in places that i don't think humans have muscles um he has like a 26 pack and like he has like four quad muscles the way cows have multiple stomachs Bijan has like multiple quads on each leg or somehow i don't understand it but the man is just built of of, of muscle and rock and steel and 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 knives and uh i don't know if raising canes is 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 necessarily as delicious uh, as that sauce might be is uh is the best thing for a a, a 19 year old to be putting in his body every day there are probably a lot of people that, that Hawk wears that they don't actually use. Now, you and I love home field apparel. We all, we, we don't pick the other ads. We pick the home field ads. That's okay, right? Because you and, we've both gone on record that, like, Baton Rouge chicken should have more color to it. That's neither here nor there. Right. I, I, Tory Becton is not going to let Bijan Robinson eat canes more than maybe for promotional photos, right? Eat one tender and then give me whatever number of workouts we're doing, right? 75 bur- What's That's a Google thing. What is the what is the caloric value of one raisin canes uh, chicken tender? But again, there I, I'm going to choose not to Google that. <laughs> don't, don't do it to yourself. There are horses in the stable. I think is the way to say it, right? Mm. There are mm-hmm. three guys that I think are legitimate threats in the running game. Again, we we don't know what Danny Young can and do can and will do in this offense. I like Danny Young. I like his attitude. Danny Young flat mm. said it, you know, two off seasons ago. It's not my job to worry about playing time. It's my job to be coachable and get better. And if they don't play me, then that's on me. Like you want that guy in your locker room, regardless of yeah, whether or not he's a guy who's going to be um, a, a contributor on Saturdays. That's a culture guy. That's a locker room guy. That's a guy who's going to slap somebody in the head. Um, apparently. A new linebacker did that a couple weeks back, neither here nor there again. Uh, but again, Gabe Watson, a guy who maybe won't see the field. He played a lot of scout team last year. Uh, he got in in the, the orange and white game, but that was more of a numbers thing mm-hmm. than anything. Um, so again, Gabe Watson's a culture guy. He's a guy who you can set your watch to. He's an academic All-American at the um, at Sioux Falls. So, like He's a guy that, again, you can use to set the culture in your locker room, and he has a bit of a magnetic personality. So even if they're not contributors, um, they're guys that, that you have to mention here. We also have to mention Jonathan Brooks, a guy who you and I rode for yeah. really early, really hard for. Absolutely. He was an early offer from Stan Drayton. Great pickup. Texas was his first offer. He basically committed when it came in. But, you know, he was a workhorse for, for Howitzville for two years. And so hopefully they get him the rest that he deserves after rushing for 5,600 yards and 100 touchdowns in two seasons. So hopefully he gets a year off, a redshirt year, developmental year. Maybe you get him into three games if you're winning big. Again, I don't know, maybe Rice, right? Let him get a couple of touches against Rice. 
that's about it. Maybe Kansas. Kansas is a mess, so probably them too. But like, we shouldn't see Jonathan Brooks much this year. No, and and, and that's a lecture where we where we talk about depth. We talk about building depth in a in a program. As you have a great freshman, a guy who again put up numbers that really only guys like Bijan Robinson and formerly Jonathan Gray uh, put up in high school. Right? They just he, Jonathan Brooks was a stud and just rose up the rankings. Gets a year to, to learn the college game, to, to get good. He doesn't have to. If he does, again, Kansas is a great chance to do that towards the end of the season. You know, uh, Iowa State, if we're beating them by now, it's not those years anymore, unfortunately. Uh, we probably won't be up on Iowa State by six touchdowns. If we are, what a wonderful year it has been. But, uh, you know, there, there could be a couple carries in there. But, yeah, I, I hope we aren't talking a lot about Jonathan Brooks. And if we are, it's like, wow, he's even better than we thought and he's forced his way in because he's that good and he's better than three really talented guys that uh that we just talked about the one thing i hope is that um i'm gonna i'm gonna set an over under line gerald and you tell me if this is realistic out of our entire running back unit the the, the single best uh signature move the the, the finisher of all finishers is the Bijan robinson dead leg juke he did it in the orange and white game he's done it multiple times i think all of kansas state he, he got at least every defender on there once, some of them like six times, with just these jukes that just he puts that dead leg and shifts his weight down, and guys just, they, 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 they crumple. They go like, like, they look like the inflatable wacky arms guys. They just linguini their way to the field. So I'm going to set the over-under on dead leg jukes for, for B. John Robinson this season at 21, no, we're going to set it at 23 and a half successful dead leg jukes that render a, def- a defender render a defender helpless uh this season you taking the over the under that would be two per game that were successful so i was just like that would be yeah i'm gonna take the over on that i'm gonna take the over because he might have some games where he only gets one but i bet against kansas he has like nine right like i feel like that's what's gonna happen (laughs) he has so many tools but that is my favorite in his arsenal but again i love it uh we'll have to develop We'll have to develop signature moves for each of these guys. The Bijan dead leg, uh, the the Roshan um, run through you and and ask how your uh, how your family's doing, um, and and the the Keelan Robinson blur where you don't even see him. He just runs so fast past you. We'll we'll have those develop by the end of the year. Absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on the running back position. It will be a um, a pivotal spot for Texas again as we try to see what the Sarkeesian offense looks like in the fall. So that brings us to the part of the show where we whip around campus and pick up all the other news that we didn't talk about already, and we down the 40. So um, we mentioned the top teams in the conference. Texas, honestly, I feel like is fairly rated in the preseason poll, was picked third in the coaches poll. Um, The bigger question mark is like who voted for somebody other than OU this year to be the, uh, the top team in the conference. But again, neither here nor there. We'll talk more about that on Thursday with Kamiar. But Texas will pick third in the conference behind OU and Iowa state. Each team actually had eight players on the first team. So the Longhorns had two players land on the preseason team both number fives pro football focus couldn't screw this one up Bijan robinson and deshaun <laughs> jameson Bijan obviously a running back deshaun jameson continues to be slighted as a returner but made it on as a cornerback so um i i think texas is probably accurately rated with the questions that it has on both sides of the ball i think maybe there are probably some defenders that will um change that tune and maybe some some players on the offense as well 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think Texas comes in with question marks. Uh, I think there's some guys who will be feeling slighted. I hope Agent Zero, Mr. Uh, Mr. DeMarvin Overshawn is is uh, hyped up, but Big 12 has some really good linebackers, admittedly. That's not a thing you would necessarily think, um, but there's a lot of NFL talent in the linebacker rooms across the conference. Um, but I, I think he's probably a player who feels that, and hopefully feels that he has something to prove by not getting that. Um, I think there's some other players in the in the secondary who, who you know, again, have the talent and just need to have the successful year under Coach K's defense that, that they have the postseason, which is the one that matters. Uh, Texas has historically done well in preseason. Uh, postseason is what we care about. After the season, where do the guys uh, rank? And, and, you know, I think uh, there's some there's some really good receivers in this conference to the point where I'm not surprised that no Texas player, again, got the preseason look. But there has to be someone who steps up in Sarkeesian's offense with, with the talent, arm talent at least, that they have in each of their quarterbacks. Listen to last week's quarterback preview episode um, and catch some balls. And unless they just spread it around and every guy, you know, they have six different players with 30 catches, 40 catches, um, there's got to be someone who steps up to be the main target. And I think that player, wherever he falls, tight end, wide receiver, uh, slot, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, should, should probably, I mean, Alabama put like, three receivers uh, in, in, you know, the, the All-American lists and Heisman conversation uh, recently. So, you know, you, you think receivers are going to do okay, but maybe we're just a little bit away. But we shall see. Um, I think there's nothing here for Texas. There will be some who do, but to get especially mad about, yeah, you have more talent than Iowa State. Iowa State had a better year last year. Empirically, they played in a Big 12 championship game and bring a lot of their talent back. We'll talk more in our Iowa State preview coming up here in a couple weeks, but I can't be mad about them being ahead of us. Obviously, OU, real good. Uh, we know that. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. Again, let's hope that Texas surprises some folks this year, gets some more guys on the postseason list, gets a lot of wins, gets uh, higher than than third, and uh, and certainly, certainly no lower. Five words, man. Prove it on the field. Don't worry. Game in played on paper, guys. Prove it on the field. Kyle counted, verified that it was indeed five Word. So, uh, some guys that did prove it on the field and now are heading to the majors. Texas, uh, as already at the time of recording on Monday evening, had not one, not two, but three players drafted in the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, Ty Madden slipped a little bit in the draft order. Many thought he would go top 15. The Tigers got a steal at 32. I feel like Ty Madden's going to be on a revenge tour, and I'm okay with that. Uh, Mike Antico picked in round 8 to the Cardinals. Cole Quintanilla, round 9 to the Nationals. Rounds 11 through 20 are on Tuesday, and they're probably going to be both some uh, current Longhorns and some potential future Longhorns call, hear their name called, and have some decisions to make moving forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting. A couple guys just to keep an ear and an eye out for uh, Texas commit. Josh Stewart um, is is likely to be drafted and will make that decision like you mentioned about. Ivan Melendez is a guy who'll probably hear his name called again where he comes may decide i think maybe being in the 10th he thinks he has more to prove already uh tristan stevens zach zubia who i think has gone regardless um cam williams is a name i've heard thrown around so we'll see pete hansen i think is should should be good to come back because he's got a lot of potential and one more year might just do the trick but yeah i hope ty madden uh i've seen the the detroit twitter already having fun with the madden video game photoshop also uh, Detroit T. Wigers. Um, there's a lot 
to do there. So I hope uh, hope he does hope he does very 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 well. Gets to the major soon. Has a great career. Slots into a rotation with whichever team is lucky enough to have him. But the interesting thing, Gerald, is in the first round just ahead of Madden, there was two pitchers who we talked about in this pad, uh, podcast. Will Bedner, a guy who tried to literally single-handedly keep Texas from winning a national title. Um, the Still only two here. losses Texas had at the <laughs> at the College World Series went to the, the 14th overall pick. I guess congrats to national champion Will Bedner. Um, there were only 15 college players taken in the first round, uh, Madden being one of them. Uh, another was Big 12 pitcher Jordan Wicks, who Gerald, I found out, is my mom's second cousin. Uh, I don't know if I've ever said that on the podcast because I don't know if I knew that. Um, I, I would have been getting us the inside information. Uh, I've never actually met him. Um, but uh, <laughs> apparently, I'm, I'm rich now. I don't know. But uh, the 21st pick to Kansas State ace Jordan Wicks. So uh, Ty Madden, again, 15 college players shows an interesting trend. A lot of high school talent taken for their upside in the first round. Rowing put five on the CRCA All-American first team. Uh, we saw uh, Aspa, Krista Doodalus, Kate Nifton, Fran Raggy, and Rachel Ray, uh, Rachel Rain, and Alex Watson made the list. And friend of the show, freshman Lulu's son, won the ITF 25K Lisbon singles title. She beat five players ranked in the top 500 and two in the top two. 50. Now, Kyle is doing something. This is a little bit of inside baseball. Kyle is pointing something out to me in the show notes that I he thinks I forgot. But I left it for him at the end because this has Kyle Carpenter's name written all over it. Thank you, Gerald. Um, I, you know, for a long time, uh, I feel there's been an overlooked piece of UT nostalgia history. Uh, we, we don't honor Abe Lemons enough uh, is just Longhorn fans. Uh, he did a lot for the UT program, put some really fun teams, UT basketball. Um, obviously, Rick Barnes took them to the next level, but Abe Lemons did a lot uh, of, of foundation and groundwork, getting them uh, kind of to where, where they could, could build into something. Um, and they, they named the new tournament the Abe Lemons Classic. And uh, I saw some jokes about it because it's, it's an Abe Lemons Classic featuring uh, Northern Colorado, San Jose State, and California Baptist on November 17th. And I think if you look at like Ken Palm and some other rankings, they're like three of the bottom, let's call them 30 teams uh, in the country last year. Um, but I did see some folks uh, clarify with some research that Abe Lemons loved a cupcake in the beginning of the season. So this truly is a Le- Abe Lemon party um, where they, you know, uh, it is true to uh, to, the, to the old guy's spirit. So, um, you know, Abe Lemons, one of the greatest characters in UT sports history, uh, a Yogi Berra-esque command of the one-liner and hilarity and uh and again a a pretty darn good basketball coach who played one of the most fun and exciting brands of basketball uh that ut's had so a a nice synergy is they welcome rick barnes in and they called it family and homecoming and i like that they're doing that and chris beard seems to be embracing that kind of ethos uh for the program that they're going a little further back and honoring uh a real dude a guy who, who we liked having a party in his honor abe lemons this is also part and parcel to Chris Beard's preferred method of non-conference scheduling. She's like, let's just throw some stuff <laughs> at the wall that we can beat by 30 points, and it's okay. It's Chris Beard's preferred. And, and you know and, what? And, 
He's 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 a the coach, and I'm a guy who talks about it into a microphone twice a week. And and look, you can blame it on Abe. Oh, that's the Abe Lemons classic. I don't have nothing to do with the, the the three easy wins that you know floated all of our averages. Hey, he did it to an NCAA championship run to a plum with a non-conference schedule like that. So you're right, Chris Beard. I'm trusting you way more than 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 Gerald or I to to know the path required for that. And now's the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So, Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? So, uh, this past weekend, or past week, a uh, a photo surfaced around Longhorn Twitter um, showing two Texas players, one of which we talked extensively on this podcast, B. John Robinson and also Casey Thompson talked about him last week that could be your starting quarterback and running back who knows my prediction who knows uh with recent draft pick i think steal of this year's draft justin fields uh as well as uh very well paid cornerback jalen ramsey um and and there were some kind of questions of what are they doing together and, and casey thompson has been uh featured in the the offseason working out with some other elite pros um again not saying that clouds who our starting quarterback is or not um but it's been interesting and so i I have a little clarity if you are one of those folks asking the question i'm gonna i'm gonna throw some names out there i hope you recognize this if you don't hopefully you're all know by the end so um there was probably the most direct response to what was going on in Austin this week is uh, our boy, Jay Hills, um, a guy who you probably, if you're a longtime Longhorn fan, remember Jeremy Hills as a running back on some really, really good Texas teams. Well, he has taken that and turned it into a career. He is one of the more respected kind of trainers, learning under some good trainers, has turned it into a business. And based in Austin, he works out UT players. He works out high school players. He works out professional players. He works out WWE superstars. He works out players in other sports. Um, he There was a video of him with Marquise Goodwin and, and uh, Elastic Bands that you should watch because I think Goodwin got like 13 feet off the air repeatedly like he was on a pogo stick. It was a wild video with only a, a smidge of exaggeration. But nonetheless, uh, he has really become a major force and he has uh every year a pro stars camp and i think that the image they tweeted out had something like 47 uh pro nfl players uh active nfl players i should say uh in austin for for that camp which makes sense because also the uh if you should be familiar or maybe you're familiar with the large um agency that represents athletes across sports athletes first which is um technically i think based in california but also co-headquartered in in austin because that's where their star agent david mulligetta lives so if you're not familiar with that name forbes recently named mulligetta as the number eight uh agent across all sports uh in deals brokered he has brokered some of the biggest nfl deals um the deshaun watson with the texans aforementioned jalen ramsey Lots and lots of guys. His client list runs uh, deep. He's a young and incredibly fast rising star in the sports agency uh, industry right now. The again, if you go look at dollars, that's what agents do. The highest ranked, uh, I guess, NFL agent again, eighth highest in the world across all sports. That's professional soccer, baseball, uh, basketball. I'm sure hockey and tennis get some stuff. But anyways, the the number eight across all sports. He's a big deal. UT graduate, 
Jeremy Hill's UT graduate. Basically, what starts here changes the world. We know that. We have guys elite in all kinds of things, but it cannot in any way hurt. You recruit with the city of Austin, but you also, it doesn't hurt to recruit with NFL guys who went to UT, NFL guys who didn't go to UT, one of the best agents living in Austin. Just think if you're a recruit, as we're talking name and image likeness, you're talking these things. Oh, and down the street, that's right. One of the best trainers who trains all of the NFL stars and one of the best agents who represents all the NFL stars. They bring everyone to Austin once a year. Let's all hang out, go bowling, talk a little bit, commit to UT. Hey, what happens? It cannot hurt in any way to have UT grads rise to the top of their fields that are adjacent to professional sports uh, in addition to rising to the top of professional sports fields. Let's keep doing that. Uh, But it is only good for UT that those guys are continuing to be some of the brightest stars in their professions that are right around the corners of the NFL and college football and, and just professional sports in general. So it's exciting. It's cool. And it's just one more thing that UT can sell that you're not getting 40 pros heading to Columbus, Ohio, or, or Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or I don't even know where College Station is on a map. Uh, Austin, it is very unique. LA can offer something, sure. USC, okay, I get it. Uh, New York doesn't really have a team. The U in Miami, that's always going to be fun on the beach, but like one more reason, Austin sells itself. It is only lacking 10 wins a year in the football uh, field before all of these factors gel to make this force unstoppable. If Jeremy Hills, who I think at one point was a BON reader and co- like commenter, I think that was a weird thing that happened for a little bit. But I mean, if you're listening, Jeremy, we're glad to have you. Um, but like, <laughs> if they're if Texas is not leveraging these types of relationships, they're doing it wrong. Like, if Texas is not leveraging the again. If McConaughey is not at events, you're doing it wrong, right? If if those types of things aren't happening, Texas is not using its advantage. And I'd be shocked if they weren't because, well, Sark came from Alabama where they're using both legal and illegal advantages. And everybody knows it. Like, <laughs> Texas is doing that too, right? If you're not doing it, you're not trying at this point. That's either here nor there. I'm banging the drum this week on the tag team match that I really want to have. So this happened last Thursday. If you're not a wrestling person, um, Mark Henry has joined, and I'm not a wrestling person either, but I've been following it on Twitter because I'm, I'm a fan of these people. Mark Henry is is one of new to the commentary team on AEW, which is like the kind of like the athletes' first wrestling league. It's like it's run by athletes or um, like the wrestlers themselves, and Mark Henry is one of their new on-air talents. And they were in Austin this last week, and he spent a full day petitioning McConaughey to come and be a part of the events in Austin. And again, if Texas is not leveraging the fact that, oh, you're a wrestling fan, Mark Henry. Oh, you're a movie fan, McConaughey. Oh, you like computers, Michael Dell, right? Oh, you like any one of these thousand things. You're you're into leadership books, Brene Brown, right? The, the, if, if Texas is not leveraging the tag team matchup, that is Mark Henry and Matthew McConaughey, or the tag team matchup that is Mark Henry and The Undertaker, right? Like, they're, like <laughs> if the University of Texas is not pulling out all of the stops to leverage these, these personalities, now that it's legal for them to do more with that, 
then they're really missing. Like, what do you want to do after college? Oh, you want to be a professional wrestler? Great. Let me get you in touch with one of the greatest of all time, The Undertaker, who just hangs out at our practices, and Mark Henry, who's still actively hooked up. Right, like they have to leverage these types of relationships, and and it just it really like Del Conte smarter than we are. Del Conte is smarter than we are, but I need to see more. I just need to see more. It's new, but I want to see blow it out. If whoever wins the starting quarterback job is not in a car next to Matthew McConaughey, come fall, then we did it wrong. <laughs> Gerald, I'll say you're right. CDC smart. UT Athletics is smart. Can you name any of the other campuses that Jimmy Fallon ever did a episode from? I don't know if there is one. I, if there was, it wasn't particularly viral or well noted, but UT sure was. I mean, we're okay. The city of Austin, the aura of the cowboy hats, the Texas of it all, the the, the coolness of Austin, the proximity to UT, the, the, the tech sector, all those things. We're, we're going to be all right. I think, but you're absolutely right that I would watch a tag team matchup of Mark Henry and Matthew McConaughey. Whatever AEW is, if that is a tag team, I will find it on the the internet and and watch that because that would be absolutely hilarious. And I hope it it it, it shows you know Mark Henry launching McConaughey at someone as a weapon, um, and him just saying all right, all right, all right, as he as he f- flies into someone again. I, I'm not the scriptwriter here, AEW. Uh, you can. You know, send send me an offer. We could see what we could do, but uh, but yes, that that is that is brilliant. But I think we're going to be all right, Joe. We're going we're going to be all right. It's fine. It's the off season. I'm overreacting like the people who are overreacting to whatever's going on with the turf. But that's all we've got for you this week, Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Gettertrawl Show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod, Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook 'em. Hook 'em. It's Big 12 Media Day week, Gerald. <laughs> <laughs>